racist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus from Bambaraz and she was heavy laden Away we went along Colmwood Street to see the race of blading Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there, all were smiling faces Gone along the Scotchard Road To see the blading races this is the fourth year this occasion has been held and every time we've had a theme behind the reunion. First it was the 1984 promotion side, then those marvellous entertainers of Kevin Keegan. Last year the reunion dinner paid tribute to the centre forwards. This time we've gone back to the last line of defence to bring back some of the great goalkeepers who played for Newcastle United. We've some uh, real characters here this evening who became massive crowd favourites. Now, whether keepers really are crazy or not is something perhaps you can judge for yourself as the evening progresses. But now, I'd like to introduce you to our team of number one, number ones. We're going to start in the early 60s with the son of a famous footballing family. He cost £11,000 from Brighton in March 1961. He won 11 caps for Wales. Agile and acrobatic, they used to describe him, and he made 121 appearances for Newcastle. Please welcome Dave Hollins. He was an ever present in the United Second Division Championship winning side and played 187 times for Newcastle. It's Gordon Marshall. Now, also at the club at that time, a young Scottish keeper who was a giant between the posts but found it hard to make a breakthrough into the first team. He managed just four appearances, but he stayed in the North East to have a highly successful non-league career. We're pleased he's here tonight again, Bert Garrow. Now, in November 1966, United paid £7,000 for a Northern Irish goalkeeper they kept their eyes on for a few years. It was to be the start of more than 20 years loyal service to the club. Not the biggest of keepers, but he became a giant influence in Harvey's team, especially in Europe, where he never missed a game. One of the stars of the Fairs Cup, goalkeeper, coach, manager, 387 appearances, it's Willie McFall. Into the 70s now, and the man who took over from Willie McFall. He played 200 games for Torquay and became a regular in Gordon Lee's team, who reached Wembley and the League Cup final. An extremely popular character, he won Match of the Day, Save of the Season in 1975, and totaled 138 games for United. Mick Mahoney! Well, Mick's consistency wasn't such good news for a young keeper from Jarrow who only got the chance to play one game for the first team. 
He moved on to Hartlepool, where he made 75 league appearances before going to play in Canada. And then he sent back his son David to play for his old club. Please welcome Eddie Edgar. We stand with the local lads now and a one club man from Morpeth who spent nearly 10 years at the club. He had to wait for his chance behind Mick and then Steve Hardwick, but he went on to play a big part playing behind Kevin Keegan and Arthur Fox's promotion team. 195 appearances, then he played for England as well. England Police 11. Please welcome Kevin Carr. We're into the late 80s now, a difficult time at St James's Park with a big turnover of players. One keeper followed the McFall path from Linfield in Northern Ireland. He had to overcome injuries as well as a string of rivals, but proved himself an inspired keeper on his day, who won 22 caps, made 84 appearances before Frank Clark took him to Nottingham Forest in 1993. It's Tommy Wright. Tommy had to fight for a place that arrived on trial in December 1990. He was completely unknown, but seven years later he left the club as undoubtedly one of the most popular players of the modern era. He cost a modest £350,000 from Balik Ostrava and became a crowd hero in Kevin Keegan's championship winning team. 190 Newcastle appearances, a Czech international, which is an amazing achievement when everyone knows he really is a Geordie. Pavel Sernicek. Now you might remember that Pav came back to make two more appearances for the club in December 2006. Now that is the only time between November 1999 and May 2010 that anybody started a league game in goal for Newcastle apart from the two men who have dominated between the posts for more than a decade. Now of course one of those men is Shay Gibbon who would have loved to have been here tonight had the Republic of Ireland not arranged a friendly against Norway tomorrow night. The other keeper is United's current first choice although there is another young man here who's doing his best to challenge that at the moment. Now there wasn't a huge fuss made back in 1993 when Newcastle paid a nominal fee to see a red star for their promising young goalie. He actually first pulled on a Newcastle jersey two years earlier in the Northern Intermediate League, which means that later this year he will become the longest serving player in the club's 130 year history. It's an extraordinary story of loyalty especially in the modern era of the Premier League. Please welcome Steve Harper. And that brings us right up to date to the player who was in goal against Fulham on Saturday. He joined Newcastle from the Dutch side Den Haag as a 17-year-old in 2005. He made a brilliant debut in the UEFA Cup the following year. And when Shea left for Manchester City, you might have expected the club to sign a replacement. They had a very good reason not to. 
His name is Tim Krull. Together to take their places, please, at the top table, Newcastle United's goalkeepers. And just while they're making their way on stage, can I just tell you that the black and white reunion dinner is also very proud to be associated with one of this country's greatest charities, the NSPCC. All money raised here tonight will go to help protect Northeast children. Here to tell us more about it is Danny Mitchell, who is the corporate fundraising manager for the NSPCC here in the Northeast. Dan. Just before I forget anything, can I just have a huge round of applause for Plea Zing for pulling this off? It's absolutely superb. Just to let you know what's going to be happening tonight, ladies and gents, um, you'll have noticed we haven't hassled you for money for a raffle or anything like that. Um, we've got one ask tonight in reality and everybody's got an envelope with them. Now what I'm going to ask is that each table nominates a captain. Now that captain can be the best looking, can have the most money, can be the, the funniest, doesn't necessarily have to score 206 goals for the club or anything like that, a captain in England. Now what the team captain's duties are is to collect the envelopes of each individual on the table and what that enters you into is we've decided to put it all together, the raffle, the heads and tails, the envelope draw and the captain's draw. So it's £20 in there and basically you've got four chances to win things. Everybody, every table will win at least one prize and then there's some fantastic prizes for the room draw and then the captains will be entered into a separate draw to win an absolutely unique prize. Um, now, in reality, this money, as was mentioned before, is going to stay in the northeast. Now, if every table puts their £20 in, that's £200 apart from if obviously you've got more than that. It costs the NSPCC about £50 to counsel a child for one session. So if your table completes the, the full table, that's four sessions. So you'll be helping a child to get over abuse and neglect four sessions from your table. So if the whole room does it, that's a lot of, a lot of counselling sessions. Again, it will be staying in the northeast because we have just took the keys for our new service centre where all of our existing services are going to move into. We do need a lot of money to refurb that, which is what this is going towards tonight. Now, just one other thing before dinner. I'd like to introduce you to somebody who uh, Danny mentioned who's done a huge amount of work to make tonight happen. But he'd also like to take the chance to lead a few rather important tributes. So please welcome Steve Wraith. This is the fourth year of this event. We've done some, you know, done some great events over the last few weeks, but th this is one of our long-running events of Playsing Event Management, and it's, uh, it's great to see so many of you come and support the NSPCC again. Uh, sadly, um, as, as happens every year, we always lose people who support this event, and um, I, I just really want the room in general to pay tribute to those people. Some of them are people you'll know, other people uh, who you won't know. Um, I'll start you know, and it's in no particular order, but Les Usher um, was a guy who, just an ordinary Newcastle fan, he went to Milan, saw Alan score Milan, he, he, he travelled all over the, the world following Newcastle United, but he, he was one of the one of the diehards, he put himself forward for the fans liaison committee in the early 90s, um, but he travelled backwards and forwards to Newcastle United with the first club lads, there's a few of the lads there, I know him as well, but Les came to every event that we did with regards to Newcastle United, um, he's one of the guys I like to mention tonight. 
Secondly, uh, Brian Williams. Um, I think those of you who used to, again, travel backwards and forwards to, to follow this great club uh, will remember Brian as the, as the steak baguette man. Uh, Brian used to have a steak baguette before every game um, and I used to travel uh, to a lot of the away games with Brian. Uh, we used to go down in his car and Brian is very important to me in this event. Um, he passed away this year, sadly, but he's very important to me because of his involvement with Coastline Glass, who, of course, have sponsored this event for, for, for the full four years. And again, they've, they've sponsored us again tonight through the, the, the new managing director, Alex Holliday. Uh, so, you know, Brian, again, somebody who will miss, miss very dearly. Um, third and foremost, obviously, with, with uh, Ian McFall on the top table, Jackie Sinclair um, passed away this year. Very sad to see Jackie go. Privileged enough to meet Jackie myself a couple of times, um, not privileged enough to see him play, but uh, again, somebody who I'm sure Newcastle United fans will miss dearly, especially the Fairs Club lads uh, down there on the table who've been backwards and forwards, same over the years, and paid their respect. And last but not least, somebody who I'm, I'm proud to see over the last couple of years um, has supported this event and who was, um, he became a bit of a dear friend to me, so he could pick up a phone, and I know certainly one person in this room can relate to that as well. Uh, somebody who discovered the best striker the football club has ever seen, Alan Shearer, Mr Jack Hickson. We sadly lost him at the back end of last year, but he was at this event last year and supported the event. Uh, all I'm asking for is a minute's applause for all of those that people have mentioned tonight. Minutes of course, thank you. Back at dinner now. During dinner, we've got a little bit of uh, entertainment. Um, you'll remember the Derby match, yes? Yes? No? Very good DVD coming out at the moment on the Derby match. Not that I've got a vested interest in it, but uh, just thought I'd mention it while I've got the chance. Um, had some great music before the kick-off there, just to get us in the right mood for such a special occasion, um, with a great rendering of the Bladen Races. Now, that uh, release is available now if you'd like to download it at www.thelongsands.co.uk. All the money raised from it is to go to the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation. And we know there is the better cause, and I'm sure the NSPCC would agree with that as well. What a fantastic job they've done. So if you want to help the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation as well, you can download uh, the Blade Races sung by the Longsands. But while we enjoy dinner here today, this evening, and just to keep us entertained, would you please welcome on stage the Long Sands? Smiling faces down along the Scotch Road. 
to see the bleeding races. Now we wanted to make a, an award this evening that marked a lifetime contribution to Newcastle United. Though as far as I know, keeping goal was not one of his many talents. In fact, his place in club history was well away from the pitch, but it was certainly the driving force that forged the modern Newcastle United. United were a club locked in past glories. Football was about to undergo a financial revolution, and this man propelled the club into a new era, and a glorious one as well. Tonight we thank him for his ambition, his business acumen, and his massive personal drive. Our Lifetime Achievement Award goes to former chairman and the life president of Newcastle United, Sir John Hall. You wouldn't mind a word, would you, Sir John? You're always good for a word or so. <laughs> That's a nice surprise for you. I wonder why Mark and Dix insisted I came here this evening because it didn't sound any better. So, come on, you've got to get away from tea, sir, as quick as possible. But uh, I came up with a mate and it's. Oh, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm humbled, really. When I look back over the years and uh, to get this award, I suppose, at my age, it's. Uh, something in a sense, uh, nice to receive it, but uh, I do really, really stand here, very much a humble man, and uh, what can I say, just to thank you all for the kindness you've shown to me, it's, I had a wonderful life, I had a wonderful life on the team, I never wanted to own a football team, um, basically it was those buckets down there, Dixon and Mike Packard, that came to see me, but I suppose in many ways getting into it, and uh, I used to be a kid from Ashington standing on this, the terraces, the old popular side, remember those days? If you're still alive, you know, my age. But more wonderful times watching the team come through and watching these great players through. I never thought one day that I'd be in the boardroom, basically. Remember the fight we had to secure, basically, the club for the fans. It was always a fans club. It was never my club. I just bought it, hoping that you would buy the shares. But when the club put them on the market, you didn't respond. And I was left with the football club, you know, quite a change around. But it was a roller coaster ride. and those years and Keegan coming in and it was a wonderful time, everybody's second team and I was privileged to be there, privileged to work with all of these people here, a lot of these people here, probably um, I look back now and uh, I just, you know, what can you say, I just had this wonderful life but the thing I learned about being Newcastle United, it was your club, you actually lived your lives through the club and it's a very humbling experience when you realise what, you, what responsibility you have. But I enjoyed the years. Um, when Abramovich came in, I realized in a sense that there's no local English businessman could actually compete with these people. They didn't come in for the game. And in my view, they're destroying the game. They've taken it away from the fans. It's never going to be the same again. Very, very sad. One of the great things about always interviewing Sir John Hall is that you didn't really need that many questions. Um, when, you, when you look back to you know, the club that you first tried to take over and you look at the modern Newcastle United now with its fantastic facilities, I mean, is it possible to sum up what an enormous change that was at a crucial time for football as well? 
And, well, we were led away in many instances, and uh, what we managed to lay down were the facilities we've got today, probably one of the best stadiums in the UK. And I'm pleased we've got um, the World Cup, we'll get it coming here. But the changes we made, which we, we, I just led the pace, but behind it all were you lot, the fans. Because without you people, football's got nothing. Those empty stadiums are empty, nothing. The people, the fans, are the people that generate the game, and we cannot forget that. I look today at my age now, I'm, I'm sort of yesterday's people in many ways, and I do thank you for this to sort of remind me in the sense that I paid about, but I cannot thank you enough for what you did. I just led you all, and the times we went away abroad, and uh, the European Cup, it's like, oh, exciting times, and uh, I've got wonderful, wonderful memories. You know, there's this, where's Pat along there? The, fam the woman loves him, you know. <laughs> He's a scourge of my bloody kitchen, I think. <laughs> But now I just say it. Thank you again, everybody. I'm really, really, really humbled, honoured for what you've done for me this evening. And when you get to my age, it's nice in a sense to be remembered. And uh, I just want to say to you all, thank you again. And whoever did this presentation, and Dix, I'll see you later. <laughs> thank you again. So John, so John Hall, thank you very much indeed. This kind of occasion for you, is that right? Well, I played uh, in several derby matches, and uh, everybody's nightmare was Brian Clough as a goalkeeper. And um, we, were, we were into the game, it was about 20 minutes into the game, and Brian Clough came up to me. I've got the ball, and I'm all ready to, to throw the ball to whoever you know, is there. And he had a habit of coming up and just, the referee's gone. He's raced to the The linesman's gone, comes up, tries to knock the ball out of the end. So he did it once. And then the same thing happened 10 minutes later. Up he comes, does the same thing. And I'm, the United fans are behind me behind the goal. So I, as he came up, he went like that and went bang, popped him straight between the eyes. <laughs> Blood coming out of his nose. So I had to react quickly. I just fell down. He was pulled out, so I was pulled out. The referee turned round, whistle in his hand, and blew a free kick for me. <laughs> Days before television replays, thanks for the days, eh? Okay. Let's have a quick moment Gordon as well. I mean, uh, Gordon, you were a part of uh, Joe Harvey's team. I mean, second division champions there. I mean, there were some real great Newcastle names in that team as well. The McGraths, the Clarks, the Andersons. It was a fantastic team to play in, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Hello? Hello! <laughs> we, we, when I come into the team, there's a back four and there'll be Craig and Clark, two young ones. And I'm going, oh, what about this? <laughs> and they went as well, lying. And then when John McGrath, who was a football in centre half, you know, he, he just read it. He, he knew where to be, and he was the right place at the right time. And it, it was great to play back. It was easy to play behind them. I said, oh, I can play here all day. 
What, uh, what was Newcastle United like to play at the ground then in those days? To play? To play at the stadium, the fans, what were they like? Well, I always felt when the crowd really got behind you and you were in front, we kind of kind of thought letting them in here. It, it was an extra mile. It was an extra mile, and you actually felt, you know, you know, when you get that coming, nothing's going to get past here. <laughs> and for Bird as well, it was tough to get a chance there, was it? Was it, it was tough to get a chance then? Yeah, unfortunately this fellow never got injured. <laughs> so I never got a chance to get again. I thoroughly enjoyed the four games that I did get. Yeah. What was, um, you used to have big staffs then, there was 40, 50 players. Yeah. It was a, a different setup, wasn't it? Very, very different. The training was mostly up and down the terrace in the cold winter, winter mornings. It wasn't very nice. Just a quick one for each of you as well. Who was the best Newcastle player you played with? There was quite a few. Dick Keith, Arthur McMichael, Schooler, Stoko and Bell, Gordon Hughes, little Charlie Drake. <laughs> uh, well, keep your popular Len Lenny White, Ivor All Church, and any outside left you could wish to mention. Gordon, are you going to pick a player? Who's the one that you remember as being the star for Newcastle? John McGrath. John McGrath. I thought John McGrath was brilliant. You know, I could read a more day. Excellent day. <laughs> Well, I think um, I, was, I was first introduced to Jimmy Schooler by Ivor Orchard, and he said, um, "Whatever you do, don't look, don't look at him between the eyes, because if you do, you know, he was an absolute nutcase, but it was a great player." Excellent. Different times then. Great to hear about the sixties from our three goalkeepers here, gentlemen. Enjoy your stay. Great to see you back again. Thank you. Right, I want to move on now to one of the major figures in Newcastle United history. Our Fairs Cup winning goalkeeper, coach, manager, what a contribution he made to Newcastle United. Willie McFall. Willie, great to see you uh, as ever. That must have been a great time to be a Newcastle United player in that team in the late 60s. Uh, you always seem such a great bunch and belong so well together. Well, it was a team. No stars. And they worked for each other. And everywhere we went, we made it difficult for the opposition. And we had Wynne Davis, Pop Robson, and score calls. The exciting thing about it was that nobody knew us. We played against all the big clubs, Fionor, Sport and Lisbon. Zaragoza, unexpected, win the win the leap. They didn't know what hit them. The ball was played in the air, knocked down to pop, pop stuck in the net. Defending when we had to, right? But real team effort. And to be fair, I don't think the game's changed. I think you have to put team effort in free time you go on that football field. Sometimes it works, but there should be sweat on the shirts when you leave the field. Yeah, yeah. Well said, well said. When you look back to that 
Newcastle team that won the first cup. You say that nobody knew you in that sense, but you look at the talent in that team. It was a very special team, wasn't it? Well, it was, but you know, we earned the right to be there um, because of our league position. I know it was a, the circumstances were different because it was a, a funny way to qualify when you finished ninth in the league. Wouldn't happen nowadays. But uh, I think the fact that we took the the chance that we had to play in Europe and played in Europe for three seasons meant a lot. And I think that the people of Newcastle enjoyed it. I went to the academy today. Uh, Jimmy Nelson, a good friend of mine, he's been in Newcastle for a long, long time. And I looked at two pictures on the wall of the stadium. And I've got it back, Sir John, up here. The difference in the stadium when I arrived in 66 and the stadium today is unbelievable. But can I just say one thing? We played two games in the first cup, one against Rangers in the semi-final, one against Rupert-Dosa in the final, and there was 59,900 people. Health and safety does not allow that to happen nowadays. And when you think about the Rangers situation, that spoiled it a little bit. So this, for the younger people, if you don't know, Rangers came to Newcastle United. They were our training session in the morning of the game. They went into the city and they misbehaved. And then they elaborated on it during the game. And it was a little bit of a disgrace. Um, but it was magnificent to see those fans with only four and a half thousand seats in St James's Park. So that makes you pleased that you're getting 52, 55,000 seats at this present time and people are safe. It's such a totally, uh, totally different football experience in those days. But of course you went on to uh, to become a coach, then to become manager as well. So, what was tougher, playing in goal for Newcastle or managing Newcastle? There's nothing replaces playing. Nothing. When you become a coach, you're the link between the manager and the players you're working with. When you become a manager, the next thing is the sack. Great association with Newcastle, even though you're back home now as well. I mean, is it possible to sum up what the football club means to you? Well, as Kevin Keegan said once, if you cut William McFall open, you come out with black and white blood. I had a fantastic time here. Any of these goalkeepers sitting here, right, I don't think any one of them could say they didn't enjoy their spell at Newcastle United. I don't. Hey, we got stick from you guys. Well, not, not you guys, but a few years ago. <laughs> because we probably deserved it. But, hey, to get the support that you've given players at this club is unbelievable. And that will stick in my mind the rest of my life. Paul Healy from our sponsors this evening, Coastline Glass, if he'd uh, just come and uh, join us up on stage. Because 
we did want to pay our own extra tribute to some of our guests here tonight, who I'm sure everyone here will feel have made an outstanding contribution to Newcastle United. So, uh, here to uh, present this uh, token of our appreciation to Willie for all your many years contribution to Newcastle United from Paul Art, sponsors at Coastline Glass. Thank you very much indeed, Willie. It's great to see you back here this evening. And good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks so much. Big Bell, only super goalie it used to go, didn't it? How are you? All right, great. You had the pleasure of playing in the Gordon Lee era. So what was that like? Different. <laughs> did you get on better with him than Malcolm did? Um, I think I'll reserve judgment on that, but it was, um, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter who the manager was, we, at that time, um, we had a, a good side. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't come back with the cup. But uh, we, give, we give it everything, and uh, the one thing that is about Newcastle is they've always done well, but they've never won any trophies. And that is the amazing thing in football today. That was very close, 76 of course, Manchester City lost 2-1. Uh, Alan Galwin got, uh, uh, got the Newcastle goal, I do remember as well. I think it was a super move and uh, excellent uh, goal. Dennis Stewart got that famous overhead kick, didn't he? <laughs> Which you probably don't remember, or don't want to remember. I still haven't stopped it after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good team though. I mean, Gordon Lee does get a lot of stick over that era, but uh, you were second in the table at one time when Richard Dennis came in and took over as well. So, you know, that was a, an excellent team. Yeah, I think, I think it, it, it's all brilliant to the players that we had at that time. I think, um, you know, when you've got players like Malcolm and Alan Kennedy and Irvin Natris and Pat Howard and Stuart Barcliffe. I mean, we did really well for, for the team that we had. And, um, you know, when I look back at over my career, uh, probably it is the most amazing thing that we didn't win anything. So a quick word with Eddie, Eddie as well, uh, Eddie Edgar. I mean, Eddie, how different was life as a young footballer in those days compared to the young footballers these days? I've had uh, the good fortune to watch young lads train, and I've watched Pav train, and I've watched young Tim train, and on trips over to watch my David training, and uh, really no comparison. The facilities are the facilities are phenomenal now. I mean, I was just mentioning to Willie and Mick about if we had had some of the goalkeeper coaching that exists now instead of just stand there and throw blast balls at you, um, maybe be a little bit of a different story. But, uh, very different. And you went to Canada, of course, then uh, your, uh, your son David came over and played for, uh, for Newcastle as well. I mean, how did that come about? How proud were you to see your son turn out in the black and white shirt? Well, being uh, Newcastle born and bred, it was phenomenal. Just a fantastic experience. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a miss kick, the goal, but that's, that's beside the point. Um, <coughs> Harsh. <laughs> tough for a Canadian boy to, to play soccer because there really is all ice hockey over there and in fact David was an ice hockey, before he start, ice hockey player before he started playing soccer so um, to come over and do as well as he did over here was, uh, was quite something to come over at 14. Fantastic, well it's uh, kept the old name going in the association with the club which is excellent and I hope he's doing well at Burnley now as well. Great to see you both, Nick Mahoney, Eddie Edgar as well.
through into the 80s now. Keeper in the 84 promotion side was Kevin Carr, and taking us just towards the 90s as well, Tommy Wright. <laughs> Kevin, great to see you uh, as ever. Um, still a comment? It's normally us there in Gosford. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Still, uh, still with the force? Yeah, 22 years today. Today? Yes. Is it Bill McGarry gave you your first chance? Not Gordon Lee. Um, yeah, Bill McGarry first game, yeah, when yeah. I first got there was Gordon Lee and Richard Dennis. Yeah. And then Bill McGarry, he was a tough customer, wasn't he, Bill? Um, God rest him, Bill, but Happy Harry his name was, Happy Harry McGarry. He didn't like smiling, didn't like people laughing when we trained. Um, he went mad. But he used to sit on a touchline when we trained, and Willie's just mentioned it before. And he used to sit and do sit-ups on the touchline as we were training. And we never think he was watching. And then every now and again he would sit up and, like, and the whole thing would just freeze. And ruled by fear, absolute fear. And then one day Kevin Keaton came along as a player and how much did life change then? Oh, was, I think we were on, I was busy uh, walking through glass doors the day he signed um, in Madeira. Uh, I think Willie was there that day, but I don't think Coxie was there that day, they were busy signing. Um, and it's the best signing we had ever made at that time, I think, uh, in tour of breweries and sponsors. It was just fantastic for the club. It transformed the whole mood, everything. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable when he came, wasn't it? Originally, if we had a, a scored a goal, we would win 1-0, um, because we were so defensive-minded. When Kevin came, the whole thing changed and it became uh, just completely the other way around. He was Peter Beardsley, Chris Waddle, uh, Terry Mack, Jamie Mack. The whole thing was just let's go. If we, if we win, we win 5-4 or 4-3 or 3-2. Fantastic period as well. Tommy, let's have a chat with Tommy, Tommy as well. Of course, you followed in Willie's footsteps, uh, really. Was that a, a path that was almost laid out for you, was it? Well, I mean, I was fortunate as a part-time footballer and a, and a barman to get a chance to play for such a great club as Newcastle. And, uh, you know, Willie sent me and uh, you could say that's, you know, I did mirror you know, him with that, but uh, you know, I feel as if I was very fortunate to get a chance to get a professional football career. And Jim Smith was manager as well while you were here and he came very close to actually getting Newcastle up. You had a, the makings of a really decent team there, didn't you? Yeah, we did. I mean, I think we want to say he came very close to killing somebody with a teacup at half time or something because, I mean, he, 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 Jim, to be honest, he'd probably admit now that the, the job was probably something he didn't realise how big it was. But the one you know, the season we got in the playoffs and uh, fortunately we lost to Sunderland. But, uh, you know, come in the 90s when you know, we were talking about Kevin Keegan and the, 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 the amount of uh, what he did as a player. But what he did as a manager as well, when he came here and lifted the whole place, uh, was tremendous. Still look for the results, do you? Yes, of course. I mean, I think once you played for this club, uh, you know, I was fortunate to move on to, to other clubs, uh, not as far as to Man City, but no way would they, uh, you know, compete with Newcastle United in terms of, I think once you play, players have a relationship with the fans, and uh, it's always the first result you're looking for. So that's why we like to have you back on evenings like this. Kevin Carr, Tommy Wright, great to have you. Thank you. Right, we're going to move into the Newcastle Revolution of the 90s now. A keeper who only needs the simplest of introductions. Pav.
be up best of order, best of order, where we will be very, very quiet. Thank you very much. Which one are we using? This one here? There you go. Bab, great to see you. Hey, you've swept the floor in the auction so far. You're doing very well, aren't you? Thank you. So, go back to when you first came over here. You came over on trial, first of all, didn't you? What on earth did you know about Newcastle United? I have to say, I didn't know anything because I came here from communist country. Uh, this was for me like a dream coming over England. But I have to say, uh, that time when uh, the trial became the, the end, uh, we, had a, we played a game at Liverpool. And that time, Liverpool actually offered me contract and wanted to stay there. So, as soon as Newcastle find out, next day morning, they give me a new contract and sign it. So, but what I would like to say is, uh, when I came back to Newcastle 2006-2007, uh, then I knew it, when I run first time after 11 years on that pitch, I knew it, I made the right decision, and I will never regret it. So, uh, Jim Smith was the manager of your first year as well, then Kevin took over, so how much did life change for you when Kevin Keegan became the manager? Uh, between was Aussie. Aussie okay. as well, yeah. So Kevin was the big change? Yeah, of course, obviously, uh, when Kevin came, everybody says how great footballer he was, everything. So we all was expecting from him what will be like a manager, but like everybody remember those days, uh, the atmosphere and everything he made in Newcastle over those five years he was in charge was unbelievable and uh, was fantastic, all of the memories we have. You played in the game where nearly went into the third division, that was right, down at Leicester, that famous game. I mean, how, uh, I mean, how close was that? I mean, it seems unbelievable now, doesn't it? Yeah, but uh, this is part of the football, you know, you have those, uh, those days when you remember when when glory comes, when sometimes when it's a hard time, but uh, we all went through and we was very happy. You're gonna have to tell us the t-shirt story as well. You still got the t-shirt? I still got a t-shirt actually. I was thinking I will bring it in, but maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the famous after the Leicester game when the celebrations you won promotion and then slaughtered Leicester 7-1, and uh, you had the Pavel is a Jordi t-shirt as well. But, I mean, that really. How much did that mean to you? Not only the t-shirt, but I mean, all of those things, every time when I'm coming back to Newcastle, like this week, I came Friday, watched the game on a Saturday, it's every time for me special and every time when I came here, I just feel this, uh, what you all give it to me all those years and uh, it's always for me special and everybody in Czech Republic who knows about this story with me in Newcastle, they all are jealous always, every time I'm coming over. <laughs> So you, had to, uh, you had to win battle for your place as well. You had a great duel with Shaka, Shaka Hislop, didn't you, for a fair bit of the time? Yeah, um, I have to say, all of the goalkeepers, we, I had a chance meeting Newcastle, you know, maybe not in every club, it's like that, but we all go have a drink, you know, doesn't matter who was playing, first choice keeper, we all support each other, which is, I think it's, it's uh, fantastic because these days I could see that from behind is not every time, same like we used to have. So I think the camaraderie and everything around has been fantastic in Newcastle with all goalkeepers. Just one final question. Why do you think you were so popular? Why did everybody, everybody loves you, don't they? You are so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
that Pav is one of another of our keepers we'd like to honour with a great contribution to Newcastle United uh, Award. I think Paul is down there, if you can come up again and make uh, our next presentation. Great to see you back, Pav. I know these nights are quite stuffy, but I think there's only one thing we need to sing here, and I haven't had too much weight. Pavel is a Jordy. Pavel is a Jordy. La 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 la. La la la. Thank you. How did you do that too? Please welcome Steve Harper. Thank you. First of all, Steve, how are you? How's the injury? It was very good until I signed all that stuff there. It's probably back about three weeks, actually. <laughs> Tim was just pulling it from under the table. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. I see the surgeon on Thursday. It'll be eight weeks tomorrow since my op. I started doing a bit of handling. I had my gloves on the last couple of days, so... Uh, Fingers crossed, get a green light to kick on after Thursday. Three, four weeks, month, maybe? Um, yeah, hopefully. Um, start training, diving next week, get a four weeks training in, so West Brom at a push, probably. Liverpool, back on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> the boy's done well. He has done well, I was at Arsenal. Um, what a save that was. Um, that was probably a highlight. Fantastic save. I can't see me getting up there anymore, but uh, no, that was a great save. That was probably the highlight for him. Uh, did well Saturday as well, and he's really growing week by week into the role, as I knew he would. It can't be any other goalkeeper, all goalkeepers here tonight, who are more used to working with another keeper and having that sort of relationship of competing and supporting at the same time. I mean, just how hard is that to do when you want to be the keeper, don't you? Well, you do. Um, I go back to 93 when I first started with Pav and Tommy, and I touched on it earlier. Pav was fantastic. He was there a lot longer than Tommy. But what Tommy had when I went in as a raw 18-year-old was a fantastic work ethic. I remember one Monday morning he gave me a bollocking because I had to stop training and fasten me tracksuit bottoms up, and he said, come on, you've always got to be ready. And about 20 minutes later, I threw up and then I had to tell him I'd been out on the Saturday night. I got a bulligan for that as well. <laughs> so that was just an example of Tommy's professionalism. But uh, Pav was amazing for me when I was a young lad. And I try to do, with the young lads now, <laughs> embarrassed by Shearer, um, 
totally lost me place there as well. No, I'm trying to do with the young lads now what Parv and the likes of Tommy did for me when I was a young lad. So, yes, we're obviously competing against each other, but I'd like to think I've helped him so far get to where he is. I mean, you, you, I was looking at the, the stats. I mean, the, your sort of whole you know, figures and numbers in your career in Newcastle is quite amazing, really. I mean, you went through five seasons and played about 13 games, I think, from uh, 01 to 06. I mean, how tough was that? Incredibly tough. Um, dark times, just because I didn't shout my mouth off and, you know, I used the press to try and manufacture a way out of here. People thought I was happy sitting there, but if you ask any one of the 47,000 managers I've had while I've been here, I went to see every single one of them and used to knock on the door and ask to go out on loan, and they wouldn't let me, and I was very much out of sight, out of mind, but... Uh, that five-year period was, was very hard mentally as much as anything. And I've read a figure that says you've been on the benches it 380 times. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few more too. <laughs> and That's... counting, you said, no, no, no. I mean, that is just, you know, it's admiration, I'm saying, for that, isn't it? It's admiration that you can stick in there and you still be so committed, you shouldn't. That's not. That doesn't deserve admiration. That, the person that counted them deserves admiration. There's, no, there's nothing to be... That's, yes, it's a fantastic football club, but you want a player, and that's not a record that I'm proud I'm proud of the amount of time I've spent at this football club, but you can't be proud of sitting watching Cheer Gibbon play at probably 345 of them as well. It, it, to have been at this club half my life, which I have now, is fantastic. Sir John Hall touched on it earlier. What an amazing football club this is, because it's a football city and it takes over your life, but... You know, people think, oh, you know, you are sitting on the bench all the time. I wasn't, but when you're not playing and you haven't played, people forget about you. And that's what was the case for me, but I can't believe somebody counted that, to be honest. I don't think they did forget about you, because whenever you did appear, you always, to me, had that confidence from the crowd, who always thought, see, Harvard, so I'm your heart's there. I don't think they did forget about you, actually. Well, what I will touch on is that there are times probably similar to now, whereas when I got in and thought I'd done all right, I was straight back out. I didn't agree with it then, and, you know, now it's, it's the other side of the coin, and I'm not one for shouting my mouth off. Obviously, I've waited a long time for this chance, and I'm desperate to play, and I will be knocking on the manager's door asking to play, but if the manager, in three, four weeks' time, whenever it is, says to me, listen, bad injury, the lads could me, and I think he's done well enough to stay in the team. Yes, I'll say to the manager, right, that's your decision, I'll get my head down and work my socks off to get back in the team. But he knows I'll support him. Hopefully it won't happen, but if it does, it means he's done well, and I'll back him all the way if he does. And put a transfer request. No, no, I'm only doing it. I think... Uh to take the old caretaker, I mean, counted up 11 managers it was you had in that. I mean, that was just last, not the year before last, yeah. that was, I think. I mean, you've seen so many changes, so many ups and downs. I mean, what I mean, it's the best bit now because you're playing. Well, we'd have to a few weeks uh, ago. Last year was fantastic. I know it was only the championship, but last year, up until I think it was Marlon Hayward when he when he kicked Sheard, and obviously it was a horrific injury, but that. That kick started my career, then Jermaine Beckford might have kick started this guy's career over here, you know. So that's the way it works. But 
The fantastic times, I mean the entertainers with Alan and Parv were, were amazing, Sir John touched on it there. And they were great times even though I wasn't involved and the European nights playing in the Champions League was special, Sir Bobby was brilliant. Even the brief time Kevin Keegan came back, he just lights this place up and, it, and it's sad what happened because when he came back the place was bubbling again you know, and it was ready to take off and obviously it's pretty well documented what's gone on since. Sure, you can't afford to buy the club back, Sir John, no? <laughs> but it's been great. We've got, um, Willie touched on it earlier about having a team with no stars, just a great team spirit. And that's what I think people have seen in the last 18 months or so. What about when it was, um, it came up that Shane was likely to go, a lot of speculation, and uh, I mean, you must have talked, you said, great move for you, Shane. <laughs> you know, you've got to think about this seriously. I mean, how did you play that one? Well, it was obviously the, what was going on at the time, and then we got murdered by Liverpool at home, and it could have been 20. And you could just see when we came off that something had changed in him. He, he had a, an air of, you know, I've had enough. I've served my time. I think I deserve an opportunity to move on. And nobody in this room could begrudge him that opportunity. You know, he was a fantastic servant here, and I wish him well. I know he's pretty fed up at the minute. I read in the paper the other week that he'd said no matter how well he played in training, he was never going to get picked, and I thought, rings a bell, that. What <laughs> goes around comes around. Yeah, but, you know, we wish him well. He's, 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 he's stuck for a while there, but uh, hopefully he'll get his, get his move, because he's a fantastic lad who did, was a great servant for this club, and it'll be great to see him playing again. You mentioned the number of changes over the years since you've been there. When you look around the club now, you are probably, because you and Kath, the tea lady in the press room, were the most consistent two people over nearly two decades. I mean, you've seen ups, you've seen downs. What needs to happen to get an up again? What's the secret of success, as it were, for Newcastle United that you've seen? <laughs> Straight back that one. Um, well, we need to stay up first. You can say that to someone like Steve. I know we, need, we need to stay up first and foremost. We, the sooner we get the 40 points the better this year. We've had a, a decent start. You look at the table now and think what might have been at home, but we've picked up some good results away from home. To get this club back on an even keel, we need to stay up and build from there. So that's the one aim this season's to make sure that we can't finish lower than 17. The sooner the better, and then we can kick on and try and finish as high as possible. One final thing as well, without trying to put you on the spot at all, because it isn't it isn't like that, I think. People would like to know a little bit about Chris, the manager, because of all the 11 you've played with, he, in many ways, you know, apart from JFK, was perhaps the, the most a surprising appointment, but Chris has surprised, and that's not a disrespectful word, surprised everyone with how superbly he's done. I mean, what's he been like to work with all the time? I just think he was the perfect man for the situation. He doesn't... He doesn't change whether we win at Arsenal or we lose at home. He's just this steady, steady influence. All the players respond to him. He's made the big decisions. You know, he's left out Kevin Nolan, Nicky Budd, Michael Owen, Alan Smith in his time here. Hopefully he won't leave me out, but there's every chance of he's leaving them out as well. Um, and he just gets on with it. He's a good coach. He's very thorough. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't milk it. You know, that we've had people in the past who've tried to use the crowd and things like that, and Chris is just straight down the line. The players have responded to that, and I think the fans have responded to him as well. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I think after just coming up for 20 years, the longest in the whole period, if you included, if you got an appearance for sitting on the bench, you wouldn't be Newcastle's longest serving player. You do know that. Keep mentioning that, don't you? <laughs> 380, yeah. And counting, you said that. Not surprisingly, I think that if any man has earned a special recognition from this occasion for contribution to Newcastle United, bar none, and the other people who've received an award, we'd never argue with that, it's got to be Steve Harper. Paul, we come back up to just make the presentation. Photographer comes in the middle. <laughs> I just, can I just ask you to stay with us, Steve? So I'd just like to bring the whole thing full circle now and complete the picture and introduce the man who will be in goal against Bolton on Saturday. Big welcome to Tim Krull. Keepers about getting taller again as well. Remind us, just how did you come to sign for Newcastle? How, how did all that come about when you were uh, in Holland? Uh, I was 17 at the time, and uh, I played for the under 17 national team, and I played in the Euro Championship final. And uh, that was the time Newcastle uh, scouted me, and I came over to Newcastle straight after the tournament. And uh, how much did you know about Newcastle? Was it was it a chance you jumped at, or? How did it happen then? Yeah, same as Puff, to be honest. Uh, of course, you know, you see the Premier League in, uh, in Holland, the match of the day is in Holland all the time, but uh, I didn't know much about the club, but uh, I knew it straight away when I came here and uh, I've seen the stadium and uh, the players who played for the club. Uh, it's just a massive, fantastic club to be at. How difficult was it for a 17-year-old lad to come to Newcastle and settle in when you don't know anyone? Yes, of course it was difficult the first couple of years, but um, I'm uh, privileged enough to have uh, two fantastic teachers I had in front of me, like Steve Harper and uh, Shea Given were at the time. Um, they looked after me from the moment I came at the club, and uh, I earned them a massive thank, because they looked after me uh, for the last five years, to be honest. Uh, at Puff, Puff came as well at the club, looked after me. Uh, and also a year, but uh, Steve and Shay have been the main, uh, main teachers for me. And how were we surprised to get your chance because of Steve's unfortunate injury that suddenly find yourself keeping in the Premier League? Like, like Steve already said, um, as a resolved goalkeeper, uh, you always want to play and you're hoping for a chance. Uh, you never want him to be badly injured, but uh, it would be nice if he's uh, got a little cold or something to leave some games out. But, uh, <laughs> No, of course, uh, it's been unfortunate because it's been a, a bad injury, but um, it's been good for me. I had a nice run in the, uh, in the team now, and uh, I just, uh, it's a great experience for me, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. He's already said he's going to be knocking on Chris Hewton's door as well, but that's, that's just the way it is. You've got no problem with that. You're going to fight to hang on to it, and he's going to fight to get it. But, uh, of course, that's football. Um, Steve always said that to me the last couple of years, you know, uh, He's been in the same position as I've been in, and um, he will be the first one to say, you know, fight hard and uh, do as much as you can, and uh, it's the manager's decision in the end. That Arsenal save wasn't a bad effort, though, was it? That no, was nice. That's nice. <laughs> 
invited them both to stay on stage because uh, very obviously there is another man missing uh, here tonight. He was all set to be here till it was discovered the Republic has slipped in a friendly game this week. Now we couldn't fail to acknowledge the contribution of a keeper who made 462 appearances for Newcastle. That is third on the all-time players list for the club. So uh, I do believe we've got a message, I think, from our fourth award winner here this evening, Shay Gibbon. Shay had some great times at Newcastle United, fantastic servant of the club, 12 years. Um, what was your favourite memories? Ah, lots of memories. I mean, it's a great, great club to play football for, first and foremost, and I was privileged to kind of the least brought me there at 21 and, and put me straight in the team, so that was a big honour, first and foremost. But lot, lots of you know, great memories as well, games and stuff, but probably the one that stands out is, is the Barcelona game. And, you know, we got to the Champions League and, and uh, you know, the press and stuff or whatever were saying it was, you know, Barcelona, how they turn up on the night and, and they would have won and, you know, it was, any Jordi that was there that night was a special night and, uh, you know, as a fan, as a player as well, it was, was, was fantastic. We went 3-0 up, I mean, we were hanging on a bit towards the end, like, but the atmosphere that night was, was you know, electric and I thought the roof was going to come off at one stage, you know, fantastic. <laughs> you had some great managers there, you, you mentioned Kenny Daglish, um, you know, Topsy-turvy times, isn't it, Newcastle United? It always seems yeah. to be the same. Favourite manager? Well, probably two. I mean, Kenny, at least, as I say, brought me to the club, so I owe him a great, you know, great debt for that. And, and, and the most successful time at the club was under Bobby Robson, so them two would, would stand out. You know, we got the Champions League and, and won the Champions League and the Aether Cup, you know, so we had a number of years prolonged, you know, success, albeit we didn't actually pick up a trophy, but, you know, that was the strongest we've, we've been for a number of years, so probably that too. Mm. You didn't pick up a trophy, but you know, as you say, had some great games and, and, and some great matches. What, what, what stands out as your probably your most important save, your greatest save in a black and white shirt? Um, probably um, we had some of them actually. Um, I think we won one now, and um, I think Nico Stavis has scored the winner actually. But I think I remember saving the second half of, of Kevin Phillips. I think he made the you know the, the top ten saves in, of the decade in the Premier League. So if you can imagine how many saves there. It must have been. <laughs> Pretty decent, and, and, and the best special thing for me obviously was against the our arch rivals, and, and to, to you know to keep a clean sheet and then make a save like that was was pretty special. You came obviously you had time at Sunderland, you know. I mean, did you did you get much stick from the Newcastle fans, you know, from making that crossover? You know, I knew you weren't a permanent player at Sunderland, uh, but did you find no, that? I always, I always said I was only a lone e player. I was never a Sunderland player. So, um, but no, Newcastle fans, as I say, they could have been a bit a bit afraid to start, but you know, from day one they were fantastic with me. They got behind me, you know, from day one and. You know, I have a great, great attitude of, you know, thanks for, for all their support and um, I've got more stuff when I go back to Sunday. You know, back to Nell Quinn's testimony, they were getting, I was getting hammered over there, so um, <laughs> no, definitely black and white. Great stuff, and obviously you made, a lot of, you made a lot of friends in the area, so you spent, you know, tw 12 great years there. You left and, you know, you never really got a chance to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, the way things are going down at Manchester City at the moment, it would be great to see you come back to St James's Park in a playing capacity with, 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 your, with your team at the moment. But, yeah. you know, would, 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 do you, do you, are you upset you didn't get a chance to say goodbye? Yeah, possibly, because, you know, it is a long time in someone's life, nearly 12 years, and, and um, it would be nice to have a fond farewell with, with the fans who, you know, for the last 12 years in anybody's life, it's such a long time, you know, and you've got that affinity with the fans, and, and um, it would be nice to take final farewell or whatever. And, but um, it wasn't to be, you know, and I haven't even been to St James's Park since since I've left, you know. So that's that's a bit sad in a sense as well, you know. It's such a special stadium, and you know, you get a special feeling inside when you when you walk inside the stadium. I'm sure the fans do the same when they when they go support the team.
goalkeepers have long careers. Do you think there's any chance? And I don't want to upset Steve Harper. Do you think there's any chance? Do you think there's any chance if you, you know, maybe one day coming back? Was it something you would never, you know, never yeah, write off? Ne never really, to be honest. You know, as I say, it's a special club for me, and always will be. Whatever happens, you know, the rest of my career, and I would never, I would never rule that out. You know, but um, if it if it, it doesn't be the case, you know, as, as you say, there's fantastic goalkeepers and Steve Harper and and Tim Crew's done very well when Steve's been injured as well. You know, so. Um, they have a lot to say about that, you know, but it's, it's you know, you'd never say never, and, and as I say, it's, it's a fantastic place to, to play football. Mm. Well, obviously, we, we have a, a special award to give you tonight. Obviously, you can't be here uh, at the evening in person, but we've got uh, Danny Mitchell from the NSPCC. We'd like to present you with your award. Congratulations, Chief. Thank you very much. And that's uh, Chief given now inducted into the Black and White Hall of Fame. And, Chief, have you got a final message for the fans tonight? Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm genuinely sorry I can't be there. Uh, I was extremely looking forward to going back to the, to the tune for, for a night and, and meeting so many friendly faces. And uh, hopefully in the new year, we were talking about it before, we might get up for, for a night and a questions answering for the NSBCC. And, um, but I know there's some special names in the, in the Hall of Fame and I'm very honoured and privileged to, to be one of them names up here now. And um, as I say, I hope you all have a special night. There's not a lot of goalkeepers there who will answer plenty of questions for you tonight. I'm sorry I can't be here, really I'm sorry, but um, I'm off Ireland uh, preparing for the game tomorrow against Norway. So hope you all have a great night and I really hope we catch up soon. Cheers. How highly do you rate Shea in the, in the current game? For me, Shea uh, has always been up there, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Uh, from the first moment I came to Newcastle, uh, he was one of those keepers, he didn't need a warm-up. The first ball in the top corner he could save, like uh, like me, I need 10 minutes to warm up and uh, 20 minutes for Steve, but uh, <laughs> no, Shay is a great goalkeeper. Steve, uh, I mean, how would you sum up his talents, how highly do you rate him? Well, as Tim said, he's, he's one of the best. He was, um, when he arrived in 97, I was a year older than him and it was a big wake-up call for me because I realised that he was at a level above me that I had to try and get to and that really gave me a kickstart and in that year when I was on loan we came back and we had a couple of years neck and neck but then he just he kicked on he never got injured and I sat on the bench about 380 times and watched him um, but I'd like to think I helped him along the way he certainly helped me as I said I did little you know, he did things which which I picked up, and I'd like to think that might be the odd, odd thing that he picked up from me as well. But he, he he worked his socks off. He's a fantastic goalkeeper, and he deserves to play. He'll be he's unhappy if he sat on the bench eight times. Never mind what you mentioned about me. He, he'll be desperate, and he, I know he's very upset. And I just hope he gets the chance to get away in January. And I think it'd be great if he come back. It'd be what a strength he would be to have. Shea's third choice goalkeeper would be fantastic. Steve. Maybe one of the reasons why Shay's become such a fantastic keeper is because he realised just how much competition there was behind him pushing him. Gentlemen, Steve, thanks very much indeed. Tim, thanks very much indeed. Great talking to you, thank you very much. And can I just say as well, we've had a fantastic conversation about Newcastle United here tonight, taking us right through from the 60s right up to this weekend with all our goalkeepers here. Some great characters who played their part in the history of a fantastic club. Somebody, Mick mentioned he was baffled why there were no trophies to show. 
it's all about the feeling, it's about the memories, and it's about the commitment and the passion, ultimately. That's what all these gentlemen have shown. Ladies and gentlemen, your special guest this evening, Newcastle United's goalkeepers. Dave Holland, former Newcastle United goalkeeper here at Goalkeepers Reunion tonight. Um, how does it feel to be back amongst friends? Well, it's wonderful. I mean, I haven't been back here for 40 years, and um, the change in the town's been fantastic. But what was a revelation for, for me this afternoon was to go up to see St. James's Park, and it was absolutely incredible. I mean, the way it's progressed, and it, it, it's massive. The ground, the ground surface is, is perfect. The playing surface is wonderful, and uh, uh, you know, I can't fault it. You still follow Newcastle United? That is, I mean, I've had four clubs. Newcastle United's the first result I look for every Saturday. And any any old friends that you've caught up with tonight? Any anyone in particular you were looking forward to seeing tonight? Well, Gordon Marshall, who is we were rivals, and uh, it was nice to see him. Uh, I haven't seen him for 40 years, I suppose, 30, 40 years. So it was a nice reunion. But it's a great reunion for all the fans. It's it's been brilliant. I mean, the reception I've had is unbelievable. You know, you think, I mean, my brother plays for Chelsea and, uh, you know, nobody really remembers him or players that have played with him. But here, it's unbelievable. People are coming up to me all the time. I can't remember you. Dave, that's great. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks for coming. Gordon Marshall, great to have you here tonight. Uh, special occasion for you? Oh, it's Newcastle. They were my two. They were the two clubs I looked for. Yeah, really, really. 
Happy Men. Happy Men. Thanks for coming tonight and thanks for getting to this tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Kevin Carr, first of all, great to see you here tonight. Uh, the first goalkeeper I watched as a, as a young man uh, in the 83-84 promotion season. Great night tonight. Fantastic. And uh, lovely to see people at that time as well, who we haven't seen for maybe 30 years. Uh, the last I saw Mick Mahoney was driving to the Benwell at 30 years ago, and he's, uh, I don't know, some Austin Allegro or something, but um, no, it's really fantastic. He's changed his car since then, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but these kind of occasions, I mean, the, the fans are loving it, aren't they? And the great to see Sir John Hall and Alan Shearer in, in the audience just as participators. And the great thing for me is I was one of them from being a young kid, it's great, and it's the only thing that I ever wanted to do from that time was, was play and play and goal as well. I mean, that's when I was a kid, really in a position I could play, and that was it. So that was me, and I had just got into it you know, to eventually end up playing at the club you supported for years. Just, you know, money doesn't matter, I went with nothing matter, just the fact You still hold a record? Yeah. <laughs> I still have a record, which I'm very proud of. Which is? Six consecutive pieces sheets, which is still a record. So, um, Almost impossible for yeah. Newcastle goalkeepers well, to do it, as to be said. Well, yeah, I'll go one of these days, but still, yeah. as a goalkeeper, it's really thing you want to, yeah, every game you want to achieve is a clean sheet. And, fortunate enough to, to, to be this side. It's not just mine, it's a team game, as I say. For you, a couple of spells at the club, um, you know, well revered amongst the fans, celebrated tonight. A lot of people asking for your autograph tonight. Do you enjoy these kind of players? Uh, absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, I was working with a bar in, in Ballyfair. I got a phone. <laughs> <laughs> I got a phone call that said I was going to Newcastle. I thought it was Newcastle County down on a junior teams in Ireland, and they come over here. And they, you know, accept it and, and welcome. I mean, this is a special place, special people, and uh, you know, I had wonderful, wonderful times here. Uh, to come back for that one month, play under three different managers within a week, it's just maybe typifies some of the things that happen in Newcastle. But tremendous club, tremendous people, and uh, you know, to come here tonight, meet up with Kevin again, and, and some of the older goalkeepers from Pal again as well, is uh, you know something. That, I just wouldn't miss. You went up to the training ground today with Willie McFall. What was it like going up there? I mean, it's a different, different beast to Benwell. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you could say that the modern day player has spoiled compared to what we had, but that's good because the game has moved on, and quite rightly so. And uh, you know, Newcastle United have invested heavily in facilities to produce hopefully their own players, and then you know, because you know, that's the way I think clubs are going to have to go. And uh, you know, the kids that come to Newcastle United now have every opportunity they're, they're well looked after in all aspects of the game and really they've, they've got a great opportunity to develop as players develop as people as well and uh, hopefully become stars for the, uh, for the future Steve Harper, Tim Crow, Fraser Foster on loan at Celtic for a full season this season three three great goalkeepers has there ever been a healthier time at the club do you think? Not for goalkeepers, I don't think. Uh, obviously, Shea and Steve, and then we still had Foster and still, mm. still had Tim, so you had four there technically. But I suppose you, 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 need, you need three. And they've done, they've done the loan, and, and, and the new phrase is tremendous trouble. And I think he's coming back in January. And they were talking about taking Shea from Man City or whatever the, the situation is. We certainly couldn't be better off. 
Last question for both of you. Best save in uh, Newcastle United Shield. I had the privilege of being involved with the save of the season by Sir Ralph Ramsey, uh, probably 1983, which is the one we against Oldham. Um, and that sort of like, stuck with me for about seven years forever because he got a nice presentation and the fact that it's voted for by such a prestigious uh, guy who, uh, as he was, uh, will stay with the rest of your life. Yeah, so so that, tell me, how about you? Me. Uh, Gets Bristol Rovers at Bath. All 6,000 people witnessed it. Yeah. Uh, it was a double save. Tipped one down crossbar and to my right. Got back and saved the second one from Marcus Stewart. And uh, we won 2 1 that day. That was part of the, when we started the season 1 11 in a row. So that would be my favourite uh, favorite save. Great stuff. Lads, thanks very much for coming. Thanks for supporting the NSPCC. Thank you. Cheers. Um, Cheers. Mick Mahoney, great night tonight. Enjoyed it. Absolutely wonderful. Always enjoy it when I come back to Newcastle, um, for whatever reason, but for tonight, very, very special reason, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And you had your own song as well, of course, Mick Mahoney's Super Cody. You're almost as much of a Cody Rose Pavel Cernicek tonight. I didn't make that one up myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, even my little grandson sings it yeah. uh, to this day, and it, it's... Um, I guess it's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure to have played uh, for Newcastle United, but not only for Newcastle United, but for the fans of Newcastle United. Eddie, your memories of playing for Newcastle United and, and obviously with, with your son David here as well, a nice special, special time by the family ring. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a thrill to be here. I was really pleased to be invited. Uh, I was trying to get a word in before about uh, only playing one game, but uh, it almost didn't get that far because of my very, very first day as an apprentice. Um, I got a call from Joe Harvey, the gaffer says, the gaffer wants to see you in the, in the office. It's my first day, what have I done? He says, come here, so I'm walking in, he says, how tall are you, son? He says, uh, I'm six foot. I was only five foot three and a quarter. I was a gaffer asking, so, so I'm six foot gaffer. He says, nip around the off-license, get me a bottle of whiskey, you'd be tall enough to get served. So that was my first day at Newcastle. So. But no, it's, I mean, born and bred Geordie, it's been phenomenal uh, to have my one game and to see David have a uh, play at St. James as well, especially the stadium, the way it is now. It's a rare combination, rare combination, father and son having both played for Newcastle. There's not many in the history books. I believe there's only two us and one other. One other, I think, yeah. Paul Giovanni is the man for that. Yeah, it's a great yeah, start, isn't it? Yeah, it is. For David to come over as a 14-year-old and survive the academy and all the things that go along with it. Um, Again, I would like to say about tonight, great job tonight, all the cause it's for. Yeah, uh, I watched the video and that's, uh, I'm sitting next to Kevin Carr, who's actually, you know, a policeman involved in some, yeah. of, some of the things that go on, so great job, yes. very good job. Mick, finish with you, greatest save for in Newcastle United Church, for you, what was your greatest save? Um, obviously it goes back to uh, 76 when I won the BBC's save of the season. Uh, the first game of the season against Ipswich. Uh, I still remember it to this day. And uh, it will always live in my memory for forever. Lads, great stuff. Thanks a lot for supporting the charity. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Appreciate Back in Newcastle, inducted into the Black and White Hall of Fame. Nice to be back amongst the Newcastle United supporters tonight. 
Yeah, it's a fantastic for me, fantastic place because I always, uh, you know, all of this this is coming back to Newcastle for any occasions, and especially this is the occasion for the children to do it inside. Great stuff. Happy memories at Newcastle for you. You played in a great team. What save stands out for you? I don't know. Um, it's difficult to say because during three you make a lot of saves, and but uh, everybody talking about uh, saves I made against Aston Villa, deflection of Steve Howie, and you know I pulled it somehow out. So probably this one. Hardest striker you faced? Um, not maybe hardest, but uh, very tricky was in right. You know, you always come in and the ball, whatever. You always come in with a little nod, a kick. So maybe in right. You were up at the training ground today, I know you keep in touch with the goalkeepers and uh, Steve Harper, Tim Grove, Fraser Foster, we seem to be in good hands now, don't we? Yeah, uh, I think uh, all of these uh, goalkeepers you mentioned, I think uh, are still future, even Steve is getting, you know, it's getting on out, but uh, Stevie, Fraser, you know, I think because they're working with, uh, with Stevie. I think it's a, it's a very good. You have special memories not only of the players but also Sir John Holdenight who was inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame of the Lifetime Achievement Award. Special days, I think, when the players and the directors actually got it. Yeah, especially Sir John Holden was always fantastic because I remember before the game he came to dressing room and says, "How is it Czech currency doing?" So because he knows he paid my wages, so he always asks me about the currency. So I remember this. So any message for the fans? No, uh, I would like. Uh, and it was a privilege for me playing with you. Great stuff, Pavelson and Jack. Thank you very much for coming. Steve, great tonight. Um, you helped organise a night with me. You, you pulled in Pavelson and Jack. Really grateful for that. All for a good course. Have you enjoyed it? I have. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, yeah. As you said, fantastic. You had Pavel over and see the response of people to him as well. But, you know, great names from the past. Mick Mahoney, Tommy Wright was here as well. Gordon Marshall, William Paul. Fantastic. And I hope that people have enjoyed it. And great of young Tim to come along as well. So, uh, does it ever surprise you the reaction you get from the fans? I mean, as a, as a modern day footballer, I suppose, you know, it comes with it, it comes with a job. But I've spoken to a lot of the guys tonight, and they've all been very surprised that they've been recognised, Dave Holland. Like, does, it, does it surprise you how, how passionate the fans are over you've been here all your career? Really? Well, I think somebody touched on it tonight that they love their number nines, but they, they love their number ones as well, and they, they remember faces. So it's great that some of the older lads have been recognised. That will make them feel. Pretty special as well. But, uh, the number nine shirt for Newcastle is a, a heavy shirt to carry, and then the number one shirt as well. And you need to be a, a special character. But everybody tonight mentioned how fans, how great the fans have been with them as well. So it's, uh, it's great to come and see some So John Hall, obviously, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame of the Lifetime Achievement Award. Great to see Sir John here and in good health. Um, you know, happy memories, I suppose, with, with that regime. Yeah, rightly so. It's great to see him fitting well, which is most important. And he, as he said, he was really humbled by his award. Um, he's always a great speaker, Sir John. Roger touched on it tonight. You don't need to ask him too many questions as well. But the, the big thing about Sir John is when he talks, you listen. He's one of them people that whenever he speaks, he's always listening to him. And uh, he speaks a lot of sense as well. And he was a massive influence on Newcastle United. That was touched on tonight, so he's a was achieved as well. As a fan, great to see you play last season and, and win promotion. Up there now with Kevin Carr in the sense that you're the only other person, I, I suppose, along with Woody McFall and, and uh, Gold Marshall, won promotion there. Great to see that, and you, you, you know, that's something probably that live with, live with you forever. Yeah, his last year was special, that last day of the season winning promotion. Getting the kids on the pitch, you know, they're only little, but soaking up all the atmosphere. Scenes in the dressing rooms at, at Plymouth when we won the league. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
is on is on his computer every night looking to see what's happening. Newcastle United now, obviously you keep an interest in them. Three goalkeepers there, Steve Hawkman, Tim Crow, Fraser Foster out on loan at Celtic. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot. Out of those three, if you were the manager, which one do you think you would pick? I think it's a wee bit unfair, isn't it? I think that uh, you know they've all got their qualities. I think that uh, Newcastle and they are very fortunate they have the opportunity to select from those three people. Uh, I'm not a person that, if I was a manager, would have to make a decision. Uh, but in this case, I'm not a manager, so I'm not going to make that decision. Charity tonight, NSPCC, big charity. You've seen the DVD. You've seen Sir John Hall make a, a generous donation to the charity there tonight. You know, just last point really, you know, happy to support that cause. Well, to be fair, I think you guys have done a great job. You know, it's not because you're standing there, because you put a wonderful uh, function on, and hopefully it's raised enough money for the charity, because it's a charity that needs support. William McFall, thanks for your service to the club. You deserve to be in inducted into the Black and White Hall of Fame. Well, I've got to say something about that because that was a complete surprise to me. Uh, a few months ago, well, a few, two, Years ago, I think it was when they brought me over to put my hands in cement. But I tell you what, this crowns me because uh, it's nice to be appreciated after so many years. William McFall, thanks for everything you've done and thanks for coming tonight. Thank you very much.